for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Cousin Sal, Sal Iacona, a TV personality. You can also hear his podcast. He's also the host of Fox Bet Live on FS1, and he's got a brand new book out. You can't lose them all. Tales of a Degenerate Gambler and His Ridiculous Friends. Cousin Sal, one of the most premier public bettors out there as far as celebrities go. He's had some great stories on John Hamm, great stories about some of his best friends he's laid bets with, and also a little bit of advice on where you should go this week when it comes to betting Tom Brady against Patrick Mahomes. All stuff we can talk about with Cousin Sal, who joins me next. It's Wednesday, February 3rd. It is my pleasure to welcome Sal Icano. You know him as Cousin Sal. And uh, I saw you over on Jimmy Kimmel, your cousin, the other night, uh, Sal. And, and you guys were joking about how you got into gambling and how it all started as like a sort of a family business, man. And as a guy who's lost some bets myself, I've never been punched in the nards by Johnny Knoxville for doing so. We've got a little bit in common as far as that goes, man. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, I mean, we come from a family of gamblers. It's weird. He never really caught the bug, but my grandmother was a bingo-aholic and my aunt chippy um got me into video poker and uh yeah somehow he was able to escape this uh, crazy life well it's funny I, I was following you on twitter and i saw on sunday night after the royal rumble you put out that video of your kids jumping around you said you put your kids in a royal rumble pool and one of your youngest <laughs> had won the pool after edge who i got a little affection for edge he shares my namesake his name's adam copeland which cracks me up but uh you got oh, your yeah. kids in pools now man Right. Yeah, I do. And uh, yeah, Edge, God bless him. He sat in the corner for 40 minutes. And then at the end, he, uh, he was declared the winner. I mean, he was, he was number one and Orton was number two, right? As far as the names uh, picked out. Yeah, we have a pool because I can't really watch anything. I think I watched the Denzel Washington movie with money on it somehow. I bet, I bet the wife. I can't really watch anything and, and certainly not a, a Royal Rumble. And the kids and I and the wife got involved and we each picked six names out of the 30. And my youngest won. And had he lost, he would have been moping for the next three weeks. So it's a good thing he took home the gold. Well, that cracks me up because I think back to like that movie Dirty Work with uh, with Norm MacDonald and Artie. And I think Chevy Chase says he bets on the, the fight in Rocky Three, and he bet against Rocky. Right. <laughs> that's the, right, that's exactly. the tough deal, man. So as far as this time of year goes, I'm a gambler. I'm a better myself. I love Super Bowl time. For me, like when it comes to actually betting sports, March Madness, probably the best time of the year, is one of my favorites. Is this your favorite time or do you have another time of year that's your favorite? It's tough. People ask me about that. That wild card weekend was great. That first week when there were three right. games on each uh, night, Saturday and Sunday. That was a lot of fun. March Madness is great. It's probably the third best. That's why I'm like getting bummed out that the season's ending. Everyone's very excited about Super Bowl week and everything, but we're leading to zero football, which is a problem, you know. And uh, there's some lean weeks after it until March Madness. It's about five weeks where there's not a lot going on. You could bet hockey, you could bet basketball, but they're not as meaningful games. But I love the March Madness. In the past, I've put my house up for grabs. Anyone who could complete a perfect bracket gets to keep my house. And I detail this in the book. And when I told my wife about this contest, she wept. It was on our way to uh, Valentine's Day dinner a few years ago, and she wept at the dinner, too. But you know how hard it is to complete a, a bracket perfectly, and luckily no one's gotten to even like the third day on me. I just love that Buffett's giving away a billion and you're giving away your house. Yes, exactly. Well, he's got a lot of houses. I only have the one, so I feel like mine is a riskier <laughs> undertaking. By the way, you mentioned the book. The name of the book, You Can't Lose Them All, Tales of a Degenerate Gambler 
and his ridiculous friends. And this is one of my favorite elements about you, man, is that you've been in the public eye for so long. You've got friends in high places. And I think you told a great story about John Hamm in your fantasy football league. We all share fantasy football leagues. We've all got guys in the leagues that rub people the wrong way. Tell us the story about how you didn't you boot him from the fantasy league. Is that how it went down? Well, yeah, it wasn't me. So in my in our league, I have this wrinkle in there where there are 11 teams and we could have added a 12 team because it has to be an even number. Or I came up with the idea that, hey, instead of adding a 12 team, why don't we kick a team out every year? The winning team, whoever wins, right, there's a winner declared in late December, early January, gets to kick a team out for the year. And that doesn't happen right away. It happens in September when you draft. So everyone shows up to the draft and they've done their research and whatever they have, their fantasy football magazines and they have their charts and everything else, knowing that one of the teams is going to get kicked out by the the guy who won the year before. And in this particular year that you're talking about, John Hamm of Mad Men fame was not only starring in, but directing an episode on the Tuesday night, the night we drafted. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to be an hour late. Like, okay, come when you can. And he gets there and he's huffing and puffing and he's sweating And he had raced down to the sports bar where we hold the draft and he ordered a beer. And just as he orders the beer and takes a sip, our friend Elliot kicks him out, boots him. And, uh, and that was it. And Ham like takes a swig of his beer. He's like, See you all next year, and he took off in classic, very cool Don Draper fashion. He's the coolest looking guy, like as far as a gentleman is concerned. He said, you know, that's the, the old school Don Draper look. Is something we joke about on the show all the time. Was he back in the league the next year? Was he invited back? Oh yeah, no, it's not invited. Yeah, you're back. You're automatically back, and you replace the next person who is kicked out. So you can't be kicked out two years in a row. So it's a, a rotating thing. Once you get kicked out. You're safe. It's like soccer relegation. As long as Mike Piazza doesn't run your team into the ground, you should be okay. (laughs) Run your your legendary franchise. Hey, tell me about uh, some of the betting you do for for Super Bowl weekend. I know you put out a lot of funny bets. You and and Adam Carolla have gone into it on uh, Dancing with the Stars stuff. You've done a lot of the, like, I enjoy the prop bet style of gambling, and that's what makes the Super Bowl fun. Is there something you focus on every year? The, The Gatorade color, the National Anthem time, you dial in on any of that stuff? Oh, yeah, all of it. I mean, like I said, there's one game left. So if you had, like, one roll of roulette, would you put it all on red or black? Or would you scatter it out? You would would try to... Right. You try to win all different ways. And that, that's what I do. And I typically like to lose hundreds, if not thousands of dollars before the kickoff even occurs. Like I'm the idiot with the stopwatch by the big screen TV trying to see how long a national anthem takes, if it goes over a minute 59 or not. By the way, the most controversial of all prop bets, because they inevitably the director cuts to the fighter jets right as the performer is laying on break. Right. So you don't know if they've held it for four seconds or for 14 seconds by the time they come back, right, from the fighter jet. So there's that. I mean, I bet Pete Townsend would smash the guitar when the Who played the halftime show. I thought for sure he was going to smash the guitar. I was like, this is easy money. He goes crazy smashing guitars in like a, a local pub in Birmingham when nobody's watching. <laughs> this is the biggest stage ever. And when I tell you he couldn't have put the guitar down more daintily uh, it was like it was a baseball card, and he was a, a Mickey Mantle baseball card, and he was worried about, like, um, crumpling up the edges. He was really – and I was like, oh, my God. So I'll never bet on Pete Townsend again. But, yeah, there's so many different so many different bets I'll attack. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. 
I think I had a Lady Gaga one a couple of years ago. Will she have a hat on, or like, will she be wearing a headgear or something right. like that, like coming in from a, a whatever she flew in on, on like a little glider or something? But when it comes to like laying the wagers that are with your buddies, about, I mean, you're talking, you get to kick a guy out of your fantasy football league. We had one where a couple of years ago, where the the guy who was it was when I was a little younger, the guy who finished last in our fantasy league had to get up on a Saturday and go take the SATs and like have to pay for it or make somebody do that. Do you appreciate the getting back at your friends? bets or the i guess it's not a financial bet is what i'm saying do you like do you like to win something that's sort of a novelty bet of course i mean i'm i, I love all the pranks and if i can combine pranks and, and gambling i'm i'm obviously i'm right there for it yeah i bet my friend harry who was obese um that he couldn't lose 52 pounds by super bowl 52 and he had like three months to do it if he did do it i would give him 5200 dollars. if he didn't do it he would have to wear a sandwich board nothing but a sandwich board on hollywood boulevard which read I'm Harry, Harry Hippo, the fat loser who couldn't lose fat. So he took me up on the uh, bet, and he was like 49 pounds down, and then he like shot uh, oil into his anus or something and gave himself some kind of crazy anima and lost like the last five pounds and beat me, and I was happy to pay. I mean, I think if you're shooting oil into your ass that you already lost the bet, basically, right? (laughs) Win or lose, you've lost. But I was happy to hand the money over to him. Yeah, who's winning this thing, man? You know what I mean? Like, who's who's the victor here? I don't, you don't get any pleasure right. out of that, you know? Neither does yeah. he. Tell me this. I, I'm a like a futures better, and I did this a couple of years ago. I like throwing money on teams before the season starts, and I know you've got a section in your book about hedging bets, and there are some guys who adamantly are against hedging bets. I'm big on, like, picking the Tampa Bay Rays to win the pennant, and then once I get to the postseason, I'll hedge it, because usually it's such a good payout. Are you against this? You don't like the betting hedge? Are you in for a penny, in for a pound? What's your logic? Here. For the most part, I'm against it, but I think there are at least three factors that you have to um, think about. And first of all, is like well, your financial status, right? So if you're about to win like thirty thousand dollars, but it's a coin flip of a, a final, you're probably going to want to hedge, right? If you only risk like a hundred, but first of all, you don't hedge if it's less than like two or three to one odds, right? Right. If you're about to get payoff. Secondly, your financial status. If a homeless person comes across a Chiefs to win the Super Bowl ticket from september and he's it's 2500 to win 15,000 he should probably gather enough cans together to sell and try to hedge on that right on that ticket or sell the ticket or something but they're really like a lot of people we had this guy on who bet the st louis blues they were in last place he had like 100 to 1 odds 250 dollars down and he, he didn't hedge because he was a st louis blues fan and he didn't want to disrupt the mojo he felt so there's a lot of that too um And also you have to remember when you're hedging, you're placing another bet. And that's what they want you to do. The more bets you place, the more you're going to lose. So I like to stay put um, normally. I've I've been burned many times by not hedging. So maybe I'm not the one to talk about, but there are definitely factors that need to be considered. Yeah, I think it's situational. I'm with you. And it's all about the value and the financial situation, as you said, is certainly part of it. All right, I can't let you go without a a pick on the game. Uh, I personally am leaning Tampa Bay. I'll probably take the points, but if I'm taking the points, I'm definitely sprinkling on the money line too. You have an angle or an edge on this right now for yourself? I do. I would normally wait till the end of the week. I like Tampa Bay, barring anything weird happening in the next five days or so. I, I like them. I like them plus three and a half. It's weird. I do not have a good record at all betting Tom Brady Super Bowls. I think I'm like three and six in the nine Super Bowls he played and either betting for him or against him. And I was on the wrong side of the Atlanta game and the Seattle game, which is terrible. No one should have been on the wrong side of those. They should have lost those games easily. 
I'm going Tampa here. I don't even think it's going to be much about Tom Brady. I think it's the Chiefs. You know, people want to romanticize this offense like they score 50 points a game. In eight out of 18 games, they scored in the 20s. And I think Tampa Bay's defense is just solid enough to keep them in that mid-20 range. And that should be enough for Tampa to at least cover. And like you said, if you can grab three and a half, more power to you. So I'm going with the Bucks. The name of the book is You Can't Lose Them All. Tales of a Degenerate Gambler and His Ridiculous Friends. Cousin Sal, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for being out there, for representing the degenerate gamblers. We enjoy watching it. We'll keep following you, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Enjoy the game. Great stuff from Cousin Sal Icono. Yeah, check him out on Twitter. Make sure you give his book a read. It's a lot of fun. I flipped through some of it a little bit this morning. You can't lose them all. Tales of a Degenerate Gambler. And a nice little take on on how to go about hedging your bets, especially if you're somebody who threw a little little lean on Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes to get into the Super Bowl this year, and I'm with him. You mentioned the Chiefs. I think also the pass rush is going to be a major factor as to whether or not they can get to Patrick Mahomes, make him uncomfortable. It's going to be huge for this Tampa Bay defense on Sunday. Thank you to Cousin Sal. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is that you're listening. You can find Cousin Sal's book at Amazon and all major bookstores. Again, you can't lose them all. Tales of a Degenerate Gambler and His Ridiculous Friends. On Friday, we're going to talk to Henry Ruggs III, wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders, also former teammate of Devontae Smith, who may be going number two in the NFL draft. All stuff we can talk about with Henry Ruggs, who joined us on Friday, Until then, enjoy the week. Get your bets in. Get that Tom Brady line in. And plus three and a half, like Cousin Sal was talking about. And we'll talk to you Friday. Enjoy the week.